Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Coffee with Kenobi. This is your spoiler-free place for Star Wars community and conversation. I'm your host, Dan Zare, thrilled to be talking Star Wars with each and every one of you. You can support Coffee with Kenobi by following the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Help spread the word by tweeting that you're listening, share it on Facebook, or invite your friends and family to tune in and share a cup of coffee with us. Coffee with Kenobi is a proud member of the Spreaker Prime program. I want to thank our official travel partner of Coffee with Kenobi, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. If you are interested in a no-cost, no-obligation quote for your next vacation, check out coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel and let them know Coffee with Kenobi and Dan's there sent you. Thank you also to members of the CWK Alliance. Find out how you can join the Alliance for as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive podcasts, videos, and much more at coffeewithkenobi.com slash CWK Alliance. On today's show, Tom Gross and Smooth Rivera join me to break down all of the amazing events, experiences, and themes in part five of the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite coffee mug, and let's have some coffee with Kenobi. Joining us today for a cup of coffee to talk about part five of Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi are two guests to the program. Now, one is is a name is a gnome he's not a gnome he is a guest and a good friend of ours you know him you love him mr tom gross hello everybody it's great to be here woo wee episode five obi-wan kenobi (laughs) woo wee indeed today deserves to watch a different episode (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna have a lot to talk about as we've always do we haven't talked about it or shared any thoughts together so this is gonna be completely fresh Authentic and organic. Yes. Completely. Speaking of fresh, how about smooth? How about for his first time on Coffee with Kenobi? He has been on CWK Prover. He was a CWK Alliance Spotlight member. I think it was a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, it was right before our summer treats episode, I believe. We have Mister Smooth Rivera. Smooth, welcome to Coffee with Kenobi. Wow, thank you guys. I appreciate the invite. It's always just a pleasure to, to chat with you guys. It's really fun. It is, it is going to be great. We loved getting to meet you and hang out with you and your wife at Star Wars Celebration about a month ago, and happy yeah. to have you on the show, my friend. This is quite an episode to talk about. It is the penultimate episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, penultimate meaning the second to last one. So, mm-hmm. Tom, we'll start with you. Letter grade and overall reactions. Oh, yes. Uh, this episode gets an A-plus from me. 
I absolutely love this episode. It was full of tension, adventure, shootouts, lightsaber battles, heartbreak. I mean, you name it, it's there. This minus the disclaimer at the opening and the 2022 violence. This is the star this is as Star Wars as it gets. I mean, this was just a wonderful episode. I've been looking forward to talking about this for quite a while. I even wrote down notes on this one because there are certain things I did not want to miss. Oh, great. Smooth, what about you? Uh, letter grade and overall reactions. Yeah, that's, I mean, incredible. I, I totally agree. Um, you know, as you look at the series overall, um, you, you know that something special is going to happen in these last two episodes, only six episodes in this whole story arc. You know, you kind of, you can't imagine it wrapping up in such a short time, but man, this is just filled to the brim uh, with, you know, everything Tom said, tension, action, drama, A plus all the way. I was, I was loving it. Mostly loving it. I mean, there are parts that are they're pretty, pretty tough, but uh, just awesome all around. This is absolutely 100% an A+. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind. This is one of the, I don't know, I, you know, every week, is it the best episode of the series? I, you know, I don't know. I, they're all to, uh, fantastic, and they all build beautifully. I think the directing, I think the acting, I think the scripts, I think the effects. I think the the tension I felt throughout this entire episode was unlike most things I watch in mm -hmm. Star Wars, I mean, you get some tense moments or some tension, but this whole time it was so pulse pounding. And you mentioned the opening. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But top to bottom overall, this was like a time capsule. And I'll take it a step further. This to me was not the Star Wars of my youth. This is Star Wars maturing. Ah, this is Star Wars taking yeah. another step. Yeah, and to me, a very positive direction. I did watch it uh, with Mason, as we always do. In fact, let's just talk about the opening. Tom, you talked about the opening. There was a warning at the beginning, and then we had a pretty jaw-dropping uh, visual that was kind of sprinkled throughout the episode, which is very important thematically to what's going on. But talk about that opening warning your thoughts on that and just seeing what we saw uh, at the beginning. And well, I want to hear well, from all, both of you on this. Let me, let me ask you real quick. Did, has that opening been on every episode thus far? No, this is the first because, one. This because I'm one. pretty sure I went back. I, so I went back to watch the beginning of episode one really quickly. And I noticed it was there. And I was like, I don't think that well, was maybe they just added them before. It's never been live in yeah. an episode. No, so, I hadn't seen it. I don't know. But I have a theory anyway, about why I, that might you know, be. So okay. So, you know, seeing that, I was like, okay, so we need to brace ourselves for maybe something extra, something unusual, which I don't know. I, I don't know that I saw anything that was jaw dropping like ooh that's really disturbing that i haven't already seen but nonetheless what i really want to get to is is that opening that flashback they start with the image of coruscant and you're like whoa this is not where <laughs> we haven't been here uh in this obi-wan series and then you realize this is a flashback uh 
Now, through my notes, I noted these as they were inserted throughout the episode. I, I noted them as interludes, taking from Chuck yeah. Wendig's uh, nice. Aftermath <laughs> series. But nice. I included them as, as interludes because of their impact at that moment throughout the entire um, the entire uh, episode. So I, th- I really liked the way that this was brought in. First of all, how nice to see like finally be able to see Hayden Christensen without heavy burn makeup or a helmet going on or something like that. It was great to like, I was like, Oh, that's great. I really, I really enjoy that. Um, But the conflict that you could see in both in kind of in both of their faces as, I mean, obviously this was a setup set up to be a test, whatnot, but you could see that there was a certain level of tension that I think established something throughout the entire episode. And then I'm going to stop with saying this when it snaps out of that episode, right to Vader's face, just who man, it was like taking, it was like, it was like stepping off of a, a, a short, when you miss the last step on a pair on a set of <laughs> stairs and you have that, like little, that jump that makes your heart pop. It was like that. It was like, whoa, that I was not preparing for Vader. I was thinking that was going to be an Obi-Wan flashback and it's actually an Anakin. Well, Vader, uh, well, Anakin, I go back to your, I said this last time I was on, I go back to that interview you had with Hayden Christensen, where you asked, is this an Anakin story or a Vader story? And he said, Anakin. And I was like, never seen Vader as that. I'm totally seeing it now. Yes. Uh, Well, I'll hold my reactions. Go ahead, Smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was, um, I mean, each episode has had so many, surprises in so many good ways i mean starting with the first one with young leia i don't know why i just never thought to see her in, in these in the whole series and it's just been fantastic the whole time and this one um just fantastic you know opening up you know as soon as you see you know the uh, the jedi temple setting you're like oh my goodness this is going to be uh, this is a flashback and you see them the two of them interact it's just it's something you just, you know, being a long time Star Wars fan, you just never would have imagined happening, you know? And so it's just so cool to see them interact and and then to see that it's Vader kind of flashing back to that. I think that at least with the, with the episode really helped to uh, just get inside his head and, and, and see that he is just more than this machine still. He still is Anakin inside there. He still has those that turmoil, that those, you know, roiling emotions. And, and um, it was, yeah, it was amazing and powerful. And, and to see yeah, both of them go at it again, like, like their old selves was, was pretty special. Mm-hmm. The, when, when we see the, oh, and I agree with you, I agree with both of you. When, when it starts and we see that caveat, that warning, it rang particularly true to me because the night before I'm a bit behind because of celebration and, and lots of things going on, you know, good, positive things going on, which is I've been very busy. Mm-hmm. My pop culture can some people are always like, Hey, you're watching this show, you're watching the show. I'm like, Well, <laughs> I, I do what I can, but I run a podcast that takes up a lot of my time. A lot of my pop culture consumption is the Star Wars thing, and I'm not complaining about that. But the day before I watched this episode, I watched the first episode of season four of Stranger Things. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm not sure where you all are. I'm not going to spoil anything. I've only watched a couple episodes so far in this in the fourth season, but there is a warning at the beginning about some disturbing images and violence uh, against children. So, as a teacher and as a father, 
it's hard not to think about the real world and horrific violence that happens in schools. Sorry, I'm not being political. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hard not to think about that as a teacher and a dad because it affects me yeah. in two different ways. And so I'm very cognizant of that. So when it flashes, I paused it. And I said to Mason, what do you think, buddy? Because I want him, you know, he just turned nine. I want him to have a little bit of agency. He's seen the Star Wars stuff. He's seen the Marvel stuff, you know. But we're a very peaceful family, obviously. <laughs> and, he's, uh, and he looked at me. He's like, well, I mean, what do you think it will be? As he goes, it's just pretend, Dad. And I said, you're right. It is just pretend. You're right. And so why don't we, I said, do you feel comfortable? He goes, yeah, I want to watch it. I said, okay. And something is yucky or doesn't feel right. Then we'll just pause and talk about it or, 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 or I'll just screen it and we'll see. He said, okay. But he goes, but I think it will be fine. And it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't, but it was because uh, the sequence that happens is, of course, uh, the big reveal with Reva, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And uh, I just feel like that, you know, this is a, an old, old concept. I'm kind of going on a tangent here. But when the original Frankenstein with Boris Karloff originally was in movie theaters, you know, in the 30s, 40s, like, uh, there was a warning by the director. I think it was a director or maybe it was just an actor. And he says, you know, what you're going to see is really disturbing. We want to warn you. Now, for our modern audiences, it's not disturbing. But for that time period, it was shocking. You know, very right. shocking. So uh, this is like a, a classic uh, way to kind of give you a heads up. And I, and I appreciate that they did. But I also think it contributed to the tension of the episode. Mm. Good, bad, or indifferent. It was just the organic nature of things. When I saw Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, and I saw Ewan McGregor as a younger Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean, I cheered. <laughs> I cheered. Tracy Canovio, Lucasfilm's longtime, uh, one of Lucasfilm's longtime PR people and a, and a wonderful person. She had tweeted that she loves this episode so much before anyone had seen it. And I know her enough to know that how much she loves Anakin, how much she loves Hayden mm. Christensen, how much she loves Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I thought, okay, something cool is going to happen. And it did. Uh, again, as you mentioned, Tom, it was like an interlude is a wonderful way to describe yeah. it. It happens throughout the episode. But seeing it play out the way that they didn't realize, and this is a training session, but there's a little more to it. There's a little more behind it. <laughs> now, how many things like this have actually happened? You know, I, I thought it was wonderful. It really sets the tone. Uh, you're going to go on a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And, and I think we certainly did. I, I don't have, like we've been doing for this series, it's actually been kind of refreshing for me to review it. And hopefully people listening have been enjoying it as well. We don't have top fives for the main Coffee with Kenobi breakdowns of these episodes. I'm not going down beat by beat. I want to talk about themes and ideas yeah. throughout this episode. And I certainly got a list. I mean, I think we need to talk about the ending. I think we need to talk about the reveal mm-hmm. of Riva. I think we need to talk about uh, what happens with Tala. I think we need to talk about growth of Obi-Wan Kenobi and what we learned about Darth Vader. Those are the big things I want to talk about. And I would yeah. kind of like to take them in some sort of an order, but Tom, you mentioned that you wrote some things down. So Anything kind of in the for the beginning, uh, first 10, 15 minutes of the episode that kind of jumped out that you want to hit on? Okay. Well, y- yeah. Um, so the thing that really struck me, and this is actually right before one of the interludes. So when when Obi-Wan and Leia are in the the the, the docking bay of or the the hideout of the refugees, um 
and they they realize that they've been sabotaged. They're locked in. There's a star destroyer out there, and uh, the 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 one guy who's sort of leading the transports says, you know, Kenobi says, Colin Rokin this. is his name. K A W L I N, and then last name R O K E N, played by the son of the actor Ice Cube. <laughs> Oh right, okay. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> and he's Excellent. great. I love him. Oh yeah, yes. I I enjoyed him as well. Um, so Colin is there. He's discussing with Obi Wan how to handle this, and without going over the whole thing, uh, Kobe. At one point, Colin turns to Obi Wan and says, "How do you know? Like, how do you know that's what we should do?" Mm. Yeah, and you know can. Kenobi just knows this and then they they click to that interlude and it's where it's the one where um Anakin backs him into that that level and they and he and, and uh Obi-Wan pushes him away and he says Anakin you're being you're being so aggressive be mindful sorry that was terrible but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that that was trying to set right. up the dialogue <laughs> and and Anakin his line that really resonated me with me was mercy doesn't defeat an enemy right there is how you know that and that, Co- that Kenobi knows what's going to happen here and he sees it coming and what it sets up for me in this whole episode is that we're getting a different sort of you know two episodes ago Vader dom- dominated Kenobi with a lightsaber battle this is going to be a different sort of battle but it's not going to have anything to do, well, at least between Vader and Kenobi, it's not going to have anything to do with lightsabers, which I love that sort of juxtaposition at this point. We're seeing Kenobi come back to the light, come back to the force. And while he he is not powerful with the saber, he's he's coming back into the force. He goes to what he knows, and that is his mind, his history with Anakin, and his cunning. And he realizes in this moment, I feel like it's in, it's in this area. I don't know if it's this moment, but he realizes I've got, I ha, I used to best Anakin through my mind and my cunning and not necessarily through power because through every one of these interludes, Anakin is definitely more powerful with the saber. And I suppose in a way the force, but the way Obi-Wan defeats Anakin every time is is with his mind and and trying to get him to be more mindful but he knows without that without that master he doesn't have that mindfulness and so if I feel like that was then I was like I think Obi-Wan's gonna be a step ahead in this episode it never really felt that way but in my mind I said there's purpose for all of this Yes, and it's great storytelling. As smooth, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, no, I think that you you just definitely see the progression that Kenobi has had over the last several episodes. You know, at the end of episode four, where he's getting back in touch with the Force, um, you see him also in this episode start to take back control of that confidence and that leadership and that you know that. Um, like you said, that mindfulness of what's around him, of what he knows, of what resources he has at his disposal and how to use them best, just like he did in the Clone Wars days when he would throw himself in situations just himself and he'd be able to get out of them. Um, You know, right when he, in those first opening sequences, you know, he 
really takes a, a lead, charge. He takes a leadership role as far as what to do and, and how to uh, best serve the people uh, along with, you know, Colin um, to help get the people out of there. But yeah, I thought that was really cool to see Obi-Wan's growth in that way. And then, like you said, to start to use his, his, like you said, cunning, I think just, yeah, his intelligence, his wisdom to really know his enemy, which is also his brother, you know, and he knows how he's going to think. And because of that, he knows how he can, you know, best uh, address the situation. Yes. Obi-Wan is not, he's, he's getting closer. He's closer mm-hmm. here than he was at the beginning of part one. Right. He's still not making wisecracks, which I've maintained. <laughs> that's when we'll know he's fully in his, in his skin. And I really still firmly believe that. I think that's a character thing, but he talks a lot more in this episode. He's much more vocal and assertive, not in an aggressive way, but in a leadership role. And I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, about about Leia. You know, do you trust me? I trust her. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brilliant. Uh, establishes <laughs> a connection, helps to empower Leia to be herself. And I just, I really like that so much. I, I like the natural hesitation that Colin has, which makes nothing but complete sense. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't want to sacrifice all of his people and he shouldn't want to, but that's not what Obi-Wan has in mind. We we do see that Vader has a planet, you know, we're gonna box him in, and I don't remember Reva's exact line because Reva, we haven't mentioned Reva does become anointed the Grand Inquisitor, which you need know, just kind of feel like okay, something's off here, but okay, she's a grand inquisitor. Um Vader's like, okay, Neil, here's your bad. I thought it was funny. They had a, a badge that they <laughs> pop on there that she's like, like, I don't know. Is that the gift shop? <laughs> Pretty great. But you know, they're going to sell those in celebration. Everyone will love them and they should. Yeah. But he said, I don't remember Vader's line. He's like, I don't want to, what is he say? I don't want to stress. I don't want to pin them in. I want to pin him in. What, what do they say? Yeah. Exactly? Usually I write these things down, but I didn't write it down. It, um, I didn't write it down either, but it's... You know what I'm talking about. Yes. He says, I'm, I'm trying to make him feel pressure, not yeah. anybody else. I don't worry about anybody else. I'm worried yeah. about him. I want him to feel the anxiety. Yeah. I want him to feel, to feel the stress. Right. And, you know, it works, but it doesn't work. It really doesn't. Um, gosh. So, but, so the Imperial blockade, not blockade, but the bombardment happens. Are there any other key moments before we get to Ariva showing up at the base that you want to address? There was, um, and I don't know if you wanted to discuss that later. You said Tala, like, because there is a, a really important conversation between Obi Wan and Tala as they're kind of preparing for the, yeah, please. the baddies to kind of come in. And yeah, I think that was really um, important to get you know, this character's uh, background to kind of flush her out more since she was so important and especially last episode and to kind of see where, you know, where it all came from, how she got to the status that she was with the empire and what it was that, you know, uh, turn, you know, made her turn and, and to know that, you know, she 
sees her role in uh, enabling the empire before, you know, she kind of cast it or, uh, you know, said, well, I just didn't know what they were going to do with these people. I was hoping to, cat to round them up, but I didn't know what they were going to do. But when she finally did realize it, she, she had enough, you know, and then she's trying to make atonement. I loved how she had like the, the notches in her belt for all the ones that she saved. And she's like, mm. and, she, and I wrote the line down because I thought it was, was really uh, impactful, you know, because um, Obi-Wan had said, there's some things you can't forget. Like, I think it was last episode. Um, yep, yes, and then yes. she brought it back full circle. She said, yes, yeah, some things you can't forget, but you can fight to make them better. And I was like, that's what, I mean, that's, you can tell that's what kind of drove her um, for, as, her, as far as her purpose was now. But then I mm -hmm. think you can see that, you know, seeping into Obi-Wan and, and how he's now, you know, taking on that role as well. I think like there's a ton of like great mental health advice whenever, whenever Tala talks. There's a ton <laughs> of great like real world application mm -hmm. to this sort of a thing. A lot of people um, mire and marinate in their pain in real life and just that's where they are and that's how they consciously or subconsciously define themselves. And she's saying, no, that's not what we are going to do. That's not what I am going to do. And I think she inspires him. She definitely mm -hmm. inspires Leia too. She's very important to this series and to yeah. Obi-Wan's development, which is nice to see. One thing I do want to throw in about when we see the flashbacks of Obi-Wan and, and Anakin dueling, just the fact that we get to say that out loud is a wonderful <laughs> testament know. to how great this series is, by the way. Mm -hmm. But time-wise, like this is not Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker. This is impetuous, angry, uh, abrasive, aggressive, because he's got his Padawan braid, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And uh, he's got the shorter haircut. Uh, I just think that's important to mention, yeah. because there, there's a part of you that thinks, there's a part of me when I'm watching that thinks, well, why didn't they seriously take a step back and consider not training him? Because he's clearly very aggressive. Uh, there's a couple of thoughts on this one. They're already so far into his training. He's clearly done a lot of heroic things or will. He does more after episode two, really, to be fair. But there, there's an interesting little thing that happens there with him. And for all we know, maybe other Jedi show this kind of aggressiveness or this frustration. I mean, you'd think it'd be hard not yeah. to duel... Yeah, and you know, constantly be bested by your mentor, and not get a little frustrated at times. And still have that warrior mentality, and he does have to have a warrior mentality because the Clone Wars are, are going to be thing. But this is, again, before Clone Wars, before real fighting, so it's 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 kind of challenging, kind of tricky. That, it, but it also could be an example of why they're still letting him train in the first place. If these are the kind of warning, like you know, in the in the profession, we would call this a red flag, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. I guess I just feel like, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, Obi-Wan has, has kind of been with him, has kind of, has been with him for so long. Right. And if we're talking about the, the time period where he's with, he it's, it's the interlude uh, fights. I think, I think Obi-Wan recognizes it, but also out of duty to Qui-Gon Jinn, but also mm -hmm. learning who Anakin is. I don't know that it resonates that way with obi-wan he sees it just as i feel like he's he sees yeah. it as that's just who anakin is yep and i just and and he takes responsibility on himself to say i'm his ma i'm his master i need to harness this to continue mm -hmm. to teach him because even though he addresses the aggressiveness 
he gives them the correction. You need yeah. to be more mindful. You need to this and that. Now he doesn't really address the he, that showing mercy isn't how you defeat an enemy. I mean, that's a pretty strong statement. Yeah. But again, I wonder if Obi-Wan is just used to hearing Anakin say that, that he doesn't think much right. about it. Because he is uh, 19, theoretically, even though he doesn't look 19 in this part. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. But that's okay. I mean, that look, is okay. if I get to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker... They could tell me he's a toddler. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I will yeah. take every morsel of it and yeah. be very happy yeah. and very satisfied. He's yeah. would, he's a wonderful actor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I I hear you. I think as an outsider, we we know that it's a red flag. We can see it's a red flag. But thinking of it from you know Obi Wan's point of view, this is this is his not just a Padawan, this is somebody like, you know, he calls him his brother so many times. And you, you think of it in our own lives, how many times do we not truly see warning signs that might be there in our own loved ones because mm -hmm. we kind of gloss over them or we, you know, whether it's good or bad, we hope that they can overcome them with some assistance, you know? And so mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see that as like, oh, well, everybody, it was, you know, obvious. Everybody should have known. I think it's more of, this is just the um, kind of a side effect of love, you know, where you, you kind of hold that tension of, yeah, this person may not have, may maybe having some wrong ideology, but maybe we can help correct that by influence, by example, and maybe they'll grow out of it. But you know, and, and I think for for Anakin, it's not as much at least at least at this point, like anger. It's, it's just passion, and you know, and unfortunately, yeah. that passion is what gets you know manipulated. Uh, by the wrong side. There isn't a, a father uh, alive or a coach alive that has not played a sport with their child, especially if there's someone in their, in their, in their teens, you're going to see that, that bravado is going to come out, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter who the sport is or whether it's your daughter or your son, doesn't really matter. You're going to see if they're competitive, you're going to see that. Right. So I, so there's also that part of it's like, well, this is, yeah. this is kind of a realistic approach at, you know, learning to kind of be who you are learning to be in control mm -hmm. of your yeah. power of your strength, of your talents, of your abilities. It's really, it was really great. It was head scratching, but also great. And, and I think I love every aspect of that. So let's speaking of that, we, we talked about Reva. She's the new grand inquisitor. She shows yeah. up and Obi-Wan says, you know, like, cause there's this beautiful scene guys yeah. where they, he's going through and looking at sort of things that they have from people who have passed on. There's this big trunk full of <laughs> old lightsaber hills, you yeah. know, and I haven't paused it to, to stare at all of them or what have you, but I'm maybe some of them are recognizable. I'm not entirely sure, but it doesn't matter. As I talked about in a previous coffee with Kenobi, uh, the reason Obi-Wan says your lightsaber is your life is because that kyber crystal in there that you pick, right, that you select, it's very personal, very intimate, it is a way to center you in battle in the Force. Or when you're using your lightsaber, that helps to calm you in, uh, through the Force. So it's it's like a part of them is, even though it's a weapon, it's not a weapon. It's it's a way to, for them to meditate in the Force as well. It's very spiritual, and Obi-Wan would know that as well as any Jedi ever ever would have. So that I feel like there was a really nice emotional moment there with him looking at those different hilts. But, you know, and he, he gives up 
all of his weapons. He gives up his blaster, his communicator, and his lightsaber. And I looked at Mason and I said, well, if I had a list of things I didn't expect in Obi-Wan Kenobi, this would be at the top. Him going to face Vader without any weapons. But Obi-Wan Kenobi says to everyone watching and everyone in the story itself, and we mentioned this, you know, there are some battles you don't use weapons for. And he was right. And then we keep getting those flashbacks again. Tommy, you've already covered this really, really well. But I just think it's it's great because it does play in to this Reva thing. So let's mm-hmm. talk about the Reva thing. Let's talk about her conversation with Obi-Wan Kenobi and what we learn about Reva and her backstory. Yeah, how um, how surprising to get uh, a flashback even further back, you know, with her um, as far as, um, I guess it wouldn't be further back for Anakin, but for her, I mean, just to see her backstory and just the tragedy that she's experienced and you can kind of see where that anger comes from, where that, you know, it comes from her deep sense of betrayal, deep sense of loss. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking back to the, or la- the, lapis, the last episode, episode four, where she's talking with um, young Leia and she's like, you know, no one's going to save you, but you, you know, we know where that comes from now, that, that hopelessness, you know, that, and so how horrible to, be, and she even says that she thought that Anakin was coming to to save them, to protect them, and then he draws the lightsaber on them. I mean, just and those, uh, yeah, it was just it was traumatic, you know, to see through her eyes what she experienced, and um, and then to see, and then the reveal of what Obi Wan kind of pieced together is: you're not really here just for me; <laughs> you're here for for Anakin. That was, just, I was like jaw dropping like yes wow amazing amazing storytelling amazing you know plot twist kind of uh, yeah it was fantastic she yeah she didn't he says how could you know he he says Vader oh yeah kept that hidden yes you know yes. he wouldn't have yeah. told anybody that he was anakin skywalker how did you know and then he pieced it together we see the flashback tom of order yeah. 66 again and, and instantly in my brain i thought okay this is why there's the warning hmm. uh you know, at the time of this recording, whenever Mason has watched Revenge of the Sith, there's only he's actually only seen it once, and I believe he was seven or six. And I had him close his eyes for that part because I didn't want him to have to put that in his brain when he's six years old. So that was as new to him as it was, you know, to anyone who's seen seen any Star Wars for the first time. And it, I, it's very powerful. I want to I want to talk more about. Is Smooth already had a, some beautiful insights, but I want to see what you think about it too, Tom. Yeah, I this 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 part of the of the story really made me like it, it helped it helped me to connect with Riva. Yes. And I felt so sad mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. because yeah. her rage and her anger, I was like, I was like, you're you're mis like you you're misguided. <laughs> and your rage is at the wrong person because it finally gets to because I still was like why is she so angry at Obi-Wan if Anakin's the one that murdered the younglings and she witnessed that? Why is she on his side? But she comes out with it because she goes through the grief of it. She says, I thought they were there to help as, as you said, smooth. And she said, she then kind of blames herself and says, I, I was too weak. And then she says, I played dead. Hmm. Again, yeah. a sign of weakness and in, in this tragedy and this horror. 
And she says, they were my only family, which resonated with me because Obi-Wan had just shared with us that they, you know, in talking to Leia, that, that the Jedi were his only family. He has these fleeting moments of maybe a brother or something. And so I'm getting the connection here. And, and she says, he slaughtered them. And this is where it was. And I was like, no, because she says, where were you? Yeah. And of course, they're talking through a wall, which is symbolically the divide, like is a divider between the two of them. Mm -hmm. nice. Protection a little bit for, you know, but it allows them to talk. But it's definitely like this division. And she says, where were you? Why didn't yeah. you stop him? And it yeah. just I was like, no, like I wanted Obi-Wan so bad to say, I was fighting a war. I was fighting <laughs> Grievous. I like, I wanted him to go through all that, but it wouldn't have made any difference at this point. Mm -hmm. And, and you I mean, she was too far gone and it just really made me feel bad for her. And, but it did help me to understand her rage a little bit. Um, I did want to say one more thing about Reva regarding Vader and the, I, mean, I don't mean to, <laughs> to do this jump, but with the with the indoctrination of Grand Inquisitor, did that at all remind you of the scene when when Palpatine Palpatine makes him Darth Vader? Oh, 100%. he tells her, yeah. "Neil, yeah. you are now Grand Inquisitor," and in, he can't give her a lightsaber, and so or you know whatever. So he gives her the the pin. I thought it. I I, I didn't think anything of the pin, but Kaylee, my oldest daughter, was watching, and she goes. What's that? <laughs> she called it out right at the beginning. Yeah. She's like, "What's that?" I said, "It's the Inquisitor pin." She goes, "We've never seen Inquisitor pin before." I'm like, "Just go with it, dude. Just be quiet." Anyway, I just was I, but I like I was like, I wonder Vader, and this was before I realized what what they had done to Riva, but at that moment, I was like, I wonder if Vader can see some of himself in her rage. And if he had a connection to her and was, that's why he was willing to give her this chance. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> we know differently now, but that's yeah. where my mind was at that time. So, so much, we, we learned so much about Riva uh, in this episode. I just, I, I love that. If there's anything that this series has shown us about Darth Vader is he is that cruel, cold blooded calculating mm. yeah. enemy that we've seen in the Karen Gillan and Charles soul comics. Yeah. He is oh, yeah. nasty and horrific. Horrific. Uh, he, yeah, he definitely, as you said, we definitely see quickly. There's zero empathy. There's yeah. zero compassion. He doesn't care. And he he's willing her. to be. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say he uses a somewhat of a long game here because he ultimately says he knew her intent the whole, the whole time, but yeah. it was, he knew he could use her. And that's that, right. That scene helped me because at the very beginning, I think it was episode one or two where she says oh you didn't know anakin is alive i was it's like as yeah. a two yeah i was like how did she know like immediately i, yeah. I told lauren i was yeah. like nobody's supposed to know that that's anakin so that was i loved that we finally kind of understood it wasn't just a slip in storytelling like that's there was a real reason for that 100 percent, and it also makes sense and i alluded to this last week it makes sense in part four why she she i thought that she was purposefully stalling uh, trying to get information from Leia, from young uh, Leia. Like it was very clear to me she didn't want to hurt a child. She goes, You yeah. do this to yourself. But she she keeps delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And now I see why. And I had a feeling yeah, that something, point. I didn't yeah. know what it was going to be. I didn't know how or why. But 
there was something there and this is it. Yeah. She, you know, it is so horrific when she says, you know, I felt their bodies go cold. Oh I mean, my imagine the, the guilt, the anger, the aggression, the frustration, the hate yeah. that comes from that. That comes from a place of love. You know, what is it like? You know, what is it? I don't know what the exact quote, but it's something like hate or sin. Uh, usually the there's one like one misstep on the road to love that and it leads to something like that. Yeah. And it's it's very evident here. Yeah. Very evident here. I, I was very moved by her yeah. story. And I think Obi-Wan was as well. And he doesn't yes. officially say, all right, well, or they don't officially agree to team up, but they do agree to team up because here comes some moments in storytelling that we will not soon forget. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Sith Lord, <laughs> Darth Vader. This oh, yeah. is Coffee with Kenobi. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. We are back, and we've broken down a majority of part five. There's some important themes there that I'm sure we'll be talking about for years and years to come. But now we need to talk about Darth Vader. Look, we... We love seeing Vader kind of come into his own in Rogue One. And when I say come into his own as far as earning that reputation that he has, uh, we've seen him in Star Wars Rebels. But in this second half of Part 5, guys, wow. it is a Vader unleash. Look, we, you know, <laughs> uh, let's talk, I guess, about... Well, let's just talk about the whole thing. What I mean, what what stands out? What are the key moments? We don't necessarily need to summarize them, but I think there's some really powerful, great stuff here that ties into the um, interludes that you were, was it interludes that you talked about? Is that yeah. the word you used? Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Um, well, I think it all, it all, be- <laughs> it doesn't all begin, but where it begins for me regarding Vader is when uh, Riva says just sort of in general, when, when Kenobi's shackled and on his knees before her, she says, inform Lord Vader, Kenobi is ours. <laughs> if you go back through all of the stories and movies, anytime someone says, inform Lord Vader, it doesn't bode well for them. <laughs> <laughs> Think about Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you, you know, you know, you know, Vader is coming. This is it. Um, but she she calls him. She she says, "Inform Lord Vader," and um, and when he makes the appearance on uh, on the planet, and he comes to her and says, "Where is he?" and she, he's, he she says, "He's I've got him locked in inside." What how what does he say? He says, "I'll I'll apprehend." It's not apprehend, but he says, "I'll take care of this myself." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Man, oh man! I mean, you can see, and when okay, I go back to like, is it Vader? Is it Anakin? Yeah, I feel like I feel like right now it's Anakin in Vader's cost in Vader's uniform, because of that. There's another note I wrote down here, and as I I put I put the question: Is Vader acting like Kylo Ren? Like this is a young Vader. Um, or right. It's, it's pretty early in his Vaderisms, at least 
you know, as far as like a chasing uh, probably down probably 39. His, he's, I think he's around 39 years old. If I, but I mean like as being Vader though, like, like yeah, it's, Anakin, just, it's just been Vader for 10 years. So, yeah. so he's still like, he, he's about to apprehend the one person he's been looking for for <laughs> 10 years. And I just feel like he's very, he's very reckless in the way he goes. He just, he, I'll do it myself. And I walk in and there's times with just his brashness. I'm like, man, this is how this is. These are the things that frustrated me about Kylo Ren early in 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 the in the sequel trilogy. But he has pure power. He's brash. Um, but I, I don't know how far you want me to go with this because what <laughs> well, I really want to talk about is his 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 terror of tearing that ship apart, <laughs> which yeah. was totally frightening. And all I could think of was, boy, did Han Solo and everybody get lucky <laughs> on Hoth when that happened. Yeah. Then what I really want to what I what I per, I personally would like to talk about is is what may be in my top three lightsaber battles. Well, let's let's save that for a separate. I'll save that. Yeah. yeah let's <laughs> talk about. Yeah, let's talk about that later. I want to weigh in on what you said just there. I, I don't. I didn't find Vader reckless at all, and I found him. The opposite of reckless. I found mm. him so arrogant mm-hmm. and so angry and so like I got this. Like, have yeah. you ever seen uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a home run before? <laughs> I mean that that's what it is. Yeah, it's this mm. this like the strutting. I am so powerful in the force. No one can mess with me. He thought that from early on yeah. in his life, and now he's finally get to see Obi Wan Kenobi. He thinks he's got all these pieces in place. He's gonna best. His former master, he's uh, toying with Reva the entire time, uh, even though she doesn't know yet, and neither do we. As he's strolling through, uh, he, I, I kept thinking, doesn't he know this is a trap? And then I'm like, of course he does. He doesn't care. He doesn't think any trap can right. stop him. Yeah, and that that makes him even more frightening to me because mm-hmm. the way he's, he just looks that this. This costume is just so brilliant. It's I, I've always thought Darth Vader's costume was perfection, and the way that Hayden Christensen carries that role and carries that weight and strolls through that base mm-hmm. uh, was just so good, so good. As soon as anything you want to say about that, because I I would definitely want to talk about yeah the the lightsaber duel itself too. But yeah, the the stuff with the ship flying away because I first oh thought, oh no. Oh no! Yeah. And Mason and I look at each other, yeah, and he slowly yeah. brings it down. He rips out part of it just because he can. Like he, he yeah. just did that because he could. And then you see the one fly away, and all of a sudden you connect the dots. So, oh, okay, Obi Wan outsmarted it. Yeah. He, he he told us he was going to do that. Anakin, you know, we see this time and time again. Uh, talent is great, but yes, not only do you have to outthink your opponent but you have to not underestimate your opponent. And often yeah. when we're super talented and you're a little bit, sometimes when you're not as mature in certain ways in your life, you're going to underestimate. And he underestimates Obi-Wan yeah. yet again. And yeah. look what happens. And it was a breathtaking, thrilling <laughs> moment. We'd never seen anything like that in live action. You've seen it in the Force Unleashed video games and things like that, but yeah. never in Star Wars live action. And it was absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing that kept coming back to me was that um, interlude about how the, the 
I wrote the quote down about <clears throat> Obi-Wan told Anakin that your need for victory blinds you, you know, and that's how he's, you know, uh, Obi-Wan is discussing the issue with Anakin, with Reva. He's like, I don't need to be the one to do this. You, you know, he'll be focused on me. You know, I'm bringing him to you. So then, you know, he'll, all he'll see is me. You can, you know, strike at that moment. But we also see that the quote play out, your need for victory blinds you in this whole thing, you know, this pride. He's just, I love how he always, he never runs. He always, he always just walks with purpose through these things. Yeah. He sees, he, he sees Obi-Wan's not where he's supposed to be. So he's just, you know, walking through to then see the ship about to take off. And then when he grabs it, I think we all were like, whoa, you know, like almost like get off the couch. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and uh, <laughs> just rips it apart. And then, you know, he has, you know, obviously Obi-Wan had the, uh, that was just for uh, distraction. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant, brilliant. Insanely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it was it was great juxtaposition. I, yeah. I love that use of the interlude on that one because he snatches victory from Vader, you know, blindly, as he says yeah. in the quote, but he does it too yeah. in, in both times as a Padawan and now as a yeah. Sith Lord. Epic, epic, yeah. epic, epic. All right, well then let let's talk about the duel. <laughs> let's talk. Is it is it if it's fair to call it a duel? Uh, go ahead, Tom. You wanted to talk about it earlier. Oh, kick it off for us. Do I? I think the most significant thing here is Vader never draws his own weapon. Oh, that man. is absolutely amazing. And what great. Hmm. I, I'm not sure what what the word is, but it's like showmanship. Uh. Uh. uh what direction i'm just gonna go direction where she starts with a lightsaber and he rebuffs everything <laughs> not with another lightsaber not with a weapon but solely with the force just like obi-wan says moments earlier there are other ways to fight <laughs> so vader <laughs> did learn some things from obi-wan but also he wants to show his might oh yeah and and he oh, establishes yeah. himself as he is the boss but I just, it, it's such a beautiful fight. He is like, you know, when you take two magnets and you try to, <laughs> and they're and they're at the opposing sides and they keep moving yeah. away from each other because they're. That's what this was like. Every time she swung, he just pushes it away with the force. And I was like, man, he's like got a magnetic field around him with by using the force. But then he steals her lightsaber away from her and splits it in two. Now, that is intentional, by the way. The Hasbro oh, yeah. action figure shows that that is intended to be two, <laughs> it can be two blades. But, but he takes them, and how cool was that to see him holding two red blades? Yeah. And he does it not once, but twice, because it gives it to her, lets her fight with it, steals it back from her again. I'm just like, you're right. Maybe, maybe calling it a duel is giving too much credit to the battle and shows just either how dominant she was, he was, or, or, or how weak she is. And maybe it's, it's somewhere in the middle there, but just his brute force. And I, as I sat there watching it, I, all I could think was, this is why this leads directly to the rogue one sequence. What I just witnessed, how he treats his quote, grand inquisitor, but one of his people, one of his own, is it sets up what he's going to we're going to see in Rogue One? His viciousness, his frustration, continues to build, and so I just think it's a magnificent battle 
even though he completely dominates it, he dominates it with like this, this Sith beauty. Yeah. Well said. Smooth. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see him looking off as the spaceship takes off and, and, and Riva kind of hesitates a little bit, but even if she didn't, you know, there was, she had no chance in this battle. I mean, from the first strokes, she doesn't even, wasn't even able to complete it. He stops it with his back turned and then he turns around and yeah. And, yeah block 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 with the force which is which is just magnificent i mean to see it like you said in, in live action like that is just it's incredible to to be a part to be a part of to, to witness and um and you wonder i mean obviously to get to where she is you know she has to have skill and skill with the force skill with the saber and so i think it's just it just epitomizes you know how powerful anakin is you know, with the force, with the, with yeah. the, um, and uh, and why he can be, I guess, arrogant to the point where he walks and never runs to to these battles and stuff, but to his detriment, unfortunately. But yeah, and and then when he has a, the double um, lightsabers, you know, definitely call back to the Count Dooku scene um, yeah. with you know Dooku kneeling. I thought you know, we're going to see one of those again, but a little bit different, but still. Um, sad for Riva, you know, like you said, he kind of had this compassion for her once you heard her story and could understand her rage, but, um, you know, anger and anger that doesn't, doesn't mix well. No, it's, it really is that you nailed it to both of you. The, the fact that he never even oh. thinks about, I mean, it's basically the equivalency of, when you see like those old movies or old stuff where a, a kid is running at a bully or a big brother is, is like putting his hand out and putting it on his, a little kid's forehead and they're running <laughs> towards him. They can't reach him. They can't it's hit perfect. him or punch him or anything. That's what he does. He is so dismissive of her. He manipulated her and he used her for, for, he says he knew her from the beginning. So yeah. imagine knowing that, like I murdered all your friends and I'm going to let you hang out with me for, you know, 20 years or however long it is. no, 10 years and think you have a chance against me. Uh, the reveal that she is only doing this because she was using Obi-Wan as bait to get to Vader and distract Vader is such a brilliant masterstroke in storytelling. But here we see that it doesn't matter. I mean, no one, I don't think anyone would really believe that she had any kind of a chance against him at all, but she didn't. I mean, we know that inquisitors are not Sith. And we know that Inquisitors are tough, but the reason their lightsabers do those little spins and those and those tricks is because they're not good enough without mm -hmm. that. They can't take on a Jedi necessarily one-on-one -on -one without these little tricks and cheats. Even the Grand Inquisitor himself, yeah. when Vader slows that thing down, oh it's almost like gosh. a heart heating up at the same time because we know what he's doing. <laughs> and the fact that he just uses the Force to deflect all of her attacks with grace and just so did he just again he's just so dismissive i should probably get a thesaurus as an english teacher <laughs> but that's really what he is and then when he uses her lightsaber and then he gives her her own back I'm like yeah sure let's try it um it's so rude and just brash and just deliciously evil yeah it's from a fictional perspective it, like you said this is a like if we do a top five duels tom like this is going to be hard to keep this one out because yeah. it's really it's just so one sided 
and such a display of power and yeah. confidence and and talk about you know we talked earlier about how Vader slash Anakin always dismisses his opponents. Yeah. He's really doing it here, and you can <laughs> see why because he is that good. Yeah. But one thing through the interview that you keep uh, bringing up, Tom, which I appreciate you doing that, where I got to talk with Hayden, and he says he thinks of him as the same person. I never thought that. And I thought, well, you know, even mm. when he told me that, I'm thinking, okay, I can see that, and I'm sure there's parts of the story I just don't know or whatever, but maybe he just feels a connection that I could never possibly understand because I'm not an actor. I haven't played Anakin right. Skywalker or Darth Vader on in any way, shape, or form besides with an action figure or home with my kids. <laughs> But now, to me, I don't know if I'm going to look at Darth Vader the same again. I've said that throughout the series. But no, he is Anakin. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's angry. Yeah, he's sad. Yeah, he's frustrated. But no, he's just a jerk. He is mean, mean, mean. And I never fully saw Vader that way besides stuff in comics. And now, you know, it's it's sort of put an asterisk in my brain of him. Is he my favorite Star Wars character? Now, I don't know if I can say that anymore. I'm not, I'm not sad about that. I'm not sad about that because I, I love the thing. The great thing about stories and the thing that drew me to education and, and being a, a teacher anyway, is I love when stories make me think and make me look at the world differently than I have before. So the fact that yeah. it's doing this and doing this with such panache and mm -hmm. style and, and wizardry and stunt work is just, just an absolute it's like Thanksgiving fandom feast for, <laughs> for Dan's there. And I, I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah. Amazing. It, I mean, well, it's just incredible. The, um, the, the action sequences that are provided. And then we see the, the reveal with the grand inquisitor back. Like that's another one. It's like, we were wondering, cause <laughs> obviously we saw him in, in uh, rebels, you know, like, is that, the same, was that a different guy that, you know, so that was, another surprise reveal i want to talk uh, about i want to definitely want to talk about that but go ahead I, I didn't mean to cut you off no um yeah and so that was just really uh, a twist that, that i didn't see coming i wonder if we'll ever know you know what happened how they got him back but um and I then think we just do know the, actually oh yeah yeah but go ahead go oh, ahead. okay i was just saying this the uh kind of this the, the twist of the knife there at the end you know we had vader almost mocking her and, and how he toyed with her at the end and then he comes then the grand inquisitor comes out kneels down and says you know how you know revenge is 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 i don't know i didn't write the quote down but you know it's like an inspir inspired him to come back you know this whole revenge to get her but then he takes the pin away from her and says yeah, as if you were ever worthy of this you know just like Poor Reba. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so, I mean, he, he says, you know, he says that, you know, you back, you know, we're going to put you back where you belong in the, in, you know, in the filth or whatever. I can't remember exactly the in line, the gutter, but, I think. but in the gutter, I mean, how, how much lower could Reva feel at this point? She's sitting, she's laying there on the ground with this mortal, wound and the guy that she thought what she had dispatched with is back and all that it's just oh my goodness i mean she i guess if you want to say she gets a glimmer of hope it's that you know she's going to get a tidbit of information from the carelessness of the the calm that anik or obi-wan had put entrusted in the in i can't remember his name but okay. but back to the yeah back to the inquisitor um, when he walked out 
my daughter goes, oh, God, I can't stand that guy. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is great because then in in just a few moments after that, she says, "I, I just want to watch all of the movies again. She goes, this story is so good. And Dan, you know, Kaylee and how, like, I feel like she's been sort of losing the way I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what I wanted this series to do is make fans, myself included people like my daughter to, to have faith in star Wars and like rejuvenate that feeling we have when we first watch a new hope or whatever the first movie was for anybody that this brings like, this is like the center because Obi-Wan Kenobi is so important in, in my mind about what this whole, it's not the whole story, but he's such an important piece of it that I just, and when the grand inquisitor came back out, wow. I mean, uh, so I'm I'm dying to know what your theory is, Dan. On how do we know that the grant we should have we should have seen that he was coming back? Because I was with you, smooth. I was like, what? <laughs> I knew he had to because he's the one that you know four years before a New Hope, which is six years after this story. Yeah, as the one who fights Kanan and Ezra. Okay, yeah, right. And it's the same guy. I didn't know how, but he tells us. To me, he tells us. And Mason, and I had an interesting conversation about this. You know, revenge is a great motivator. We know the Sith use anger to try to stave off death. And that's what Darth Maul did. That's what Maul did on Mm -hmm. that, on that garbage planet. You know, that, that is what we've seen through a lot of different things. That's what kept Vader alive. I mean, anyone else would have died Hmm. on Mustafar. Vader didn't die. He was angry. And plus he had some instant help, but that anger kept him alive to that moment and that pain. So to me, uh, unless they pulled some trickery or sleigh of hand on that plan, which of the name is escaping me, then no, I just got at mad enough. And then Mason says to me, look at Darth Vader, dad, he's all mechanical and he was cut up and wounded really bad. Why couldn't they have done that to the inquisitor to heal him? And I thought, you know what, <laughs> that combined with the anger thing that makes perfect sense to me. And maybe we'll see more about that or maybe it doesn't even matter. But I, I think it's it's very likely that that's the those things combined worked out, and he got his Grand Inquisitor Chick Fil A badge back, which I thought was great too. Yeah. So yeah, that that was that was super cool. But let's talk about the end. Hmm. Uh, Bale says, you know, I know it was a risk to uh, communicate with you to reach out to you. They're really sloppy, really sloppy, oh, and. Yeah. There's this wonderful ending, and I, as if the whole episode wasn't tense and stress-filled enough. Then you see yeah. a shot of Luke laying down, uh, asleep, and the camera mm-hmm. zooms in on him, which is a great uh, way to direct that sequence. And the camera work is really smart. The vulnerability of Luke Skywalker, even again, even though we know Luke's <laughs> going to be just fine, it's frightening. It is absolutely frightening, a terrific ending to a spectacular episode. And and Reva isn't even dead. I mean, the the Inquisitor and Vader are so dismissive of her that even when she's not dead, they don't care. In fact, I I feel confident that Darth Vader probably is thinking, yeah, come get me later. Good luck. Good luck, (laughs) kid. You're not even worth my time. I'm not going to kill you. You don't even deserve that. I like you to be really mad. I really like you to feel defeated. We've seen that. He does let Obi-Wan Kenobi go 
in part three. And now we see very clearly he didn't have to do that. He let him go. Mm-hmm. He wants he's wants to mess with your mind. That, ladies and gentlemen, that is the influence of Sheev Palpatine at work. Ah. Yeah, that's that's a really good connection. Yeah, I wasn't sure if the Inquisitor was a different, you know, because that was like a race that he came from that looked like that, and maybe that was a different Inquisitor. But yeah, that, you know, that makes sense if that's the same guy that he'd have to come back. And you know, I guess what was going on in my mind when at the end, when she's still alive and she gets a communicator, is that both Anakin and the Grand Inquisitor both came back from a quote mortal wound to come back and, and haunt their enemy. Like, mm. you think they would learn the lesson here? Like, why don't they just finish the job? You know, but you know, maybe it is that pride <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's pure arrogance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, do you guys want to say anything about? the ending with Luke or anything else before we wrap this up? This has been a wonderful discussion about a terrific episode. I was just going to, you know, what I was going to say is about the same as you as, is the tension that they build there, that, that zooming in, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a great sequence because you go to the homestead, then you go a little closer, then you see Luke and then it's a pan in and just, Oh boy. I, I really thought we were going to see some red in the background or something. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this cannot possibly be, but we didn't, but still that almost is worse because mm-hmm. it just, you have that, you have that tension and you just wonder, can Obi-Wan get back in time? That's, I mean, that's where I am right now. Can he get back in time to, to, I mean, again, we know the answer to that, but but it's it's the answer of how how does he do that? Yeah. And so um, so I thought I thought it was, a, it was again it was an unexpected ending to this to this uh, episode, yeah. and uh, boy, I just can't wait for uh, <laughs> the next yeah. episode. Holy cow! Yeah, I thought it was uh, incredible. I think the the, the one thing I was going to just really quickly go back on was one of the quotes that stood out to me in the, in the interlude where um, Obi-Wan finally said at the end, he's like, Anakin, you're a great warrior, but you need to, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing until you overcome it. A Padawan, you'll still be. I think that that stood out to me as an important line because and when we see him in a new hope, finally, he says that line, like, I am not the learner, you know, I'm finally the master, you know, it's like, uh-huh. when I let you, I was but the learner. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. maybe he still feels that way because of these um, failings that he's had in this, in this, in this series. Hmm. But then, yeah, I mean, to, to, um, to end it back on Tatooine, I thought that was, that was brilliant, you know, to kind of bring young Luke into this series. And again, it just kind of, the tension continues and you wonder just as every episode has, like how can they end this in only six, you know, episode series. So we'll see. It's been amazing and incredible ride. And I think they've earned our trust to uh, finish it strong. I don't think we could end on a better, on a better statement than that. Well, smooth, terrific job. I knew you would uh, bring your a game and you were tremendous, uh, Thanks so much for being on Coffee with Kenobi. Oh, yeah. I hope you'll come back sometime. I appreciate it. It was just uh, an honor to be uh, a guest, and uh, absolutely, I'd love to. And I know uh, you have a very um, low-key uh, presence on social media, but uh, is it fair to say that people can reach out to you uh, in the CWK Cafe? That's exactly where I would be. If you need uh, any questions or comments, <laughs> you'll find me there. <laughs> Love it. And Tom, what about you, buddy? I think I know the answer, but let's just remind our friends anyway. 
Okay, sure. Uh, on Twitter, you can reach out to me and I'd love to hear your thoughts on Kenobi, on Reva, Vader, um, even Tala. We didn't, we didn't talk a whole lot about Tala, oh, but gosh, uh, we did. And her sacrifice. Bit. You know what? Oh, man. Let's um, do that real quick. Let's do that. Can real we, quick. If you don't mind, that was going to be my final no, thought. Please, so I'll, please. Just, oh. I'll just say what, what I had on my mind about her is because it was, it was such an emotional uh, conclusion to her sacrifice when she pulls out the thermal detonator and Obi, I mean, Obi-Wan screams. Mm. And I all I could think of was, all I could think of was, um, wh why am I so invested in this character? I really haven't seen a ton about her except this. And this is where the storytelling across platforms comes into play because we understand her sacrifice through Rebels, through Bad Batch, through um, uh, Rogue One, mm. the soon-to-be Andor. I mean, so we know who Tala is. Not, I mean, not Tala as a character, but we know who she is and what she stands for. And we know how important those people are to the Rebellion. So when you lose someone like her, and I mean, we see her at, at her best, when she's playing the Imperial spy and then she turns it and she's really good at what she does. She is a major loss to, and it's not quite the rebellion yet, but she's a, a major loss to that movement going forward. And so it's so emotional, but we didn't have to have a ton about her because we know we quote know who she is, which is again, magnificent storytelling through that threads through this era. She's one of my more favorite characters in Star Wars, and it, the the act the actor's name is escaping me, so I apologize for that. But it's it she's just a, a master class in perseverance, uh, in dropping some sage wisdom to Obi Wan Kenobi repeatedly, yeah. and and the fact that we hurt when she's gone just shows how much of an impact she had on all of us. Yeah, and the way that they did it, again the cinematography and the directing i mean to have to pull in like her droid who was you could tell they had a special bond and, and long long standing relationship you know uh, working together to have the droid as her shield to give her those last few moments and um again you know kind of going back to what we said about her um influence with obi-wan as far as you know fight to make it better this also i feel like was really something that probably had stayed with Obi-Wan through the rest of his years, you know, the sacrifice that she made um, and he was right there to witness it. And, and just like in Rogue One and other ones, like you said, Tom, it really, um, this makes it feel, we, we feel the cost of the war. We feel the cost of the rebellion and what it really, uh, and how deep it really was. Absolutely. So, so Tom, thank you for reminding us to tell yeah. it because she definitely deserves to do. We could do an entire show on her. In, in, <laughs> yeah, sure. but go ahead. Right. So yeah. So reach out to me on those uh, on Twitter at Draftline D R A F T L I N E. And if you'd like to hear of a different sort of heroes, villains, and adventure, join me on Teachers in the Dungeon, uh, the podcast that I co-host. Um, catch that in, on any of the podcast areas. But we are out there on Twitter at Dungeon Teachers. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are with Dan Z, the podcast you're looking for. This is. <laughs> 
That's going to do it for this week's episode of Coffee with Kenobi. I want to thank Smooth Rivera and Tom Gross for joining me and all of you for being a part of this Star Wars conversation. MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is your no-cost, no-obligation quote place to go at coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel. They can help you plan your magical vacation, whether it's on a Star Wars or Disney-related thing like the Galactic Star Cruiser, Galaxy's Edge, the theme parks, the cruise lines, Star Wars Celebration next year in London, or anywhere else you want to go. It doesn't have to be a theme park. You can go anywhere, Europe, overseas, anywhere in the States, you name it. MEI and Mouse Fan Travel can help you. Plus, you can help support me and Coffee with Kenobi in the process. CWK Live is every Monday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time at coffeewithkenobi.com slash live or facebook.com slash coffeewithkenobi. Our Coffee with Kenobi Facebook group is the CWK Cafe at coffeewithkenobi.com slash community. There you can go for Star Wars thoughts, comments, reviews, and opinions in a family-friendly, spoiler, and drama-free place. Coffee with Kenobi is possible because of the members of the CWK Alliance. Thanks to you, the podcast, Facebook Live, event coverage, and so much more comes to life. Find out how you can help the show for as little as $1 a month by joining the CWK Alliance, and you'll receive access to CWK Prover, an exclusive weekly audio and video podcast not heard anywhere else. Coffeewithkenobi.com slash support or coffeewithkenobi.com slash CWK Alliance is where you can become a member. And 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. Coffeewithkenobi.com is the website for Star Wars news, announcements, reviews, videos, and so much more. You can email me, danz at coffeewithkenobi.com. Connect with me on Twitter at MrZer, M-R-Z-E-H-R, on Instagram at DanZerCWK, or on LinkedIn. You can find Coffee with Kenobi all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. Give the show a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash coffeewithkenobi, or subscribe to Coffee with Kenobi's YouTube channel. Please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you like the new Coffee with Kenobi logo, go to our shop at coffeewithkenobi.com slash shop for t-shirts, hoodies, laptop covers, phone cases, all kinds of cool stuff. If you are starting a podcast or a blog or want to expand your existing brand, danzmedia.com is where you can go to sign up and have me help you. I'm available to come to your school, conference, business, or organization talk about how to tap into your strengths and help you bring out your very best. And if you're in the central Illinois area this Saturday on June 18th from 4.30 to 5, I will have a book talk and author Q&A signing. For stars, I am your father. Lessons for parents, protectors, and mentors. And from 5 o'clock to 5.45, I will have the book signing. And then at 6 o'clock, A New Hope will be playing on the big screen. There will be a limited number of books available for purchase at the Socially Distance event. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We've only got one more episode of obi-wan kenobi left i'm really looking forward to that and to breaking it down with all of you so get your top five ready for part five if you want to be a part of the conversation here's some immediate feedback from me on your comments opinions and reviews of part five of obi-wan kenobi until next time have a great weekend weekend and remember this is the podcast you're looking for this podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for.